So brethren, it's a pleasure being here once again. And uh, I know last week I started a new topic and that covered um, marriage, which is the oldest God-ordained institution given to humanity. And today I would like to continue. And uh, today's topic will be marriage was meant to be a lifelong covenant between one man and one woman. So all scriptures will be read from the King James Version Bible. So brethren, if one looks carefully at Romans chapter 1, one would no doubt observe that among the listed sins that were spawned, as a direct result of God having given over those who once knew and acknowledged his universal sovereignty is the sin called open quotation covenant breaking close quotation the knowledge of this fact should generate fear in the heart of every informed believer who knows that marriage is a marital covenant between a husband and a wife when one remembers that this covenant was ordained by God and was designed to have a lifelong duration, the fear of God's judgment in the churches of Jesus Christ and in every godly community should be even greater. Therefore, it is not at all strange that God chose to highlight the marriage institution in the first and last books of the First Testament commonly called the Old Testament. And are there not valid reasons for his having done so? Of course, there are. And one reason why he did that was to bring home to the reader of the First Testament the importance of this God-ordained institution. The fact that he specifically states in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, that he hates divorce should go a long way in establishing the fact that he ordained marriage to be a lifelong relationship to be annulled only by death. Let us look again at this Malachi passage and observe that marriage is therein highlighted as a covenant between a husband and a wife. And the following verses accordingly highlights. So I'll be reading from... Malachi chapter 2, verses 12 to 16, and it states, The Lord will cut off the man that doeth this, the master and the scholar out of the tabernacle of Jacob, and him that offereth an offering unto the Lord of hosts. And this have he done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and with crying out, in so much that he regarded not the offering any more, or receiveth it with goodwill at your hand. Yet he say, Wherefore? Because the Lord had been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one? Yet had he the residue of the spirit, and wherefore one? That he might seek a godly seed. Therefore take heed to your spirit, 
and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, say that he hates putting away divorce. For one covereth violence with his garments, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. So that's Malachi chapter 2, verses 12 to 16. Now, the scriptures, Malachi chapter 2, verses 12 to 16, is the most comprehensive marriage and divorce passage in the entire Bible. In it, the permanence of the marriage vow is unmistakably highlighted. In addition, we see that God views divorce as treachery, as Malachi chapter 2, verse 14 states. And enough ground for him, not only to reject the offender's offering, but even to cut them off from his tabernacles, even though they cover his altar with tears. So that's Malachi chapter 2, verses 12 to 14. To highlight his hatred for divorce and remarriage, he proceeds to inform them that notwithstanding the fact that they think they have succeeded in legally putting away their wives by means of the divorce amendments, which Moses under pressure allowed in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verses 1 to 3. As far as he was concerned, their original marriage was still in force in Malachi chapter 2, verse 14. And in order to inform them that their second and third or fourth marriages were not recognized by him, he made it abundantly clear that he was witness to their first marriage. This fact is borne out by the following scriptures in Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 to 14, and I'll read it again. And this have he done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and with crying out, in so much that he regarded not the offering anymore, or received it with goodwill at your hand. Yet ye say, Wherefore? Because the Lord had been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. So that was Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 to 14. Brethren, not only did God take care to establish the fact that he only recognizes one's first marriage, he went out of the way, as it were, to inform us of the reason for his having established the unique monogamous matrimonial pattern given to man in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 to 24, as a basis for producing godly offering, offspring, sorry, in Malachi chapter 2, verse 15. Having said that, he immediately added the following warning in Malachi chapter 2, verses 15 to 16, which states, Therefore, take heed to your spirit, and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. For the Lord, the God of Israel, said that he hates putting away, open bracket, divorce, close bracket. Therefore, take heed to your spirits that you deal not treacherously. So that was Malachi chapter 2, verses 15 to 16. Now, brethren, if God labeled divorce as treachery in Malachi chapter 2, verse 14, 15, 
and 16. A book in which he exhorts his people to return to him in Malachi chapter 3 verse 7. Would he later approve, the, approve divorce? And the answer to that question is, he would never. And he has never. Despite what the liberals teach today. Brethren, is it not strange that all full gospel assemblies use Malachi chapter 3, verses 7 to 11, to extract tithes from their respective congregations, and yet they ignore Malachi chapter 2, verses 12 to 16, when dealing with the divorce issue? Now, that is hypocrisy. That is hypocrisy. Brother, pastor, or teacher, it is surely immoral to use Malachi to enrich yourself while you disregard it when dealing with divorce and remarriage. For if Malachi is God's word to the church when dealing with tithes and offerings, it is more so God's word when dealing with divorce and remarriage. With this, you must agree. Because of this fact, I now call upon you to review your stand on this divorce and remarriage issue and let God be true, but every man a liar. So that was Romans chapter 3, verse 4. Brethren, Malachi chapter 2, verse 15 is the only text in the entire Bible in which God gives the reason for establishing the matrimonial covenant. And since he told us that this was so done that he might seek a godly seed, it follows, therefore, that we must reap and harvest of ungodly citizens with the attendant problems associated therewith if we ever despise his marital precept given to us in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 to 24. So as I come to an end, brethren, undoubtedly, Today, we are witnessing the result of ignoring God's matrimonial statute given to man in Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 to 24. And some have paid with their very lives for ignoring it. Can we continue to reject God's clear matrimonial decree without paying due consequences? My dear brethren, you know we can't. So because of what was shared today, the facts that was shared today on this segment, any man of the cloth who has not carefully studied Malachi chapter 2 verses 12 to 16 and went ahead and endorsed divorce and remarriage and by so doing consented to the treacherous sin of covenant breaking should seriously reconsider his action in light of what God says in Malachi chapter 2 verses 12 to 16, and his pronounced judgment on deliberate offenders and those who have pleasure in them that do such things, as we read in Romans chapter 1, verses 31 to 32. Brethren, God who instituted the marriage ordinance ordained it to be a lifelong covenant between a husband and a wife, and no man no group of men is now authorized to effect any changes to this institution. 
So please read Genesis chapter 2 verses 23 to 24, Malachi chapter 2 verses 12 to 16, Matthew chapter 19 verses 3 to 6, Mark chapter 10 verses 2 to 9, Romans chapter 7 verses 1 to 3, and 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 10 to 11 and verse 39 and be fully convinced that this is verily so. So brethren, that's the end of my segment today. I will be live next week again. Have a safe and productive week. Remember that Jesus Christ loves you. I love you. Jesus Christ will be returning brethren. I know some of you might say that you have been hearing this for years, but brethren, if you look at what is taking place around the world, everything is aligning slowly for Jesus Christ's return. So please prepare yourselves for his return. So brethren, have a safe and productive week. As I said, Jesus Christ love you and I love you. This is the end of my segment today.